Welcome to episode 55 of Terrorvision Horror Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dan McGuinness, and joining on my midnight movie, Jimmy the Train, is my co host, Jennifer the Dream Warrior Strand. <laughs> Every week, we take one horror movie and we cut it to pieces with our internet words. Together, we are two people with a love of horror and feel the burn of our obsolete blockbuster membership. Um, I'd just like to thank all the people that support us over on Spotify. Apple Podcast, Breaker, Castbot, Google Podcast, Radio Public, and the YouTube. We love you. You're your top top blokes. Yeah, top notch. Your TBs. Oh, top blokes. Um, and, and women. What? There's women. Top, top folks. Top. Yes. TS. I like that. Top folks. Um, just want to shout out to everyone that helps us and interacts with us over on the old social medias. Um, people like Mark of the Damned, Ambivalent Hoax, Death Alley Funeral Home. <laughs> I love it. What a, what a grim couple of uh, people. <laughs> I want a t-shirt. Same here. Those three people in there. Yeah. Um, Billy Cutshaw, Adam Gillespie, and Ringo Starlin. You are some people that have reacted with us. Reacted? Interacted with us and reacted. There have been some reactions, yeah. They're like... <gasps> <laughs> yeah, that's that's the reactions that we get. So, fun facts this week. I didn't have much, so I'm not. It's not like an old fact. This is like a new fact. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have decided that I'm going to take up skateboarding again. Yes. As a 43 year old man, uh-huh. I have written a list of skateboard tricks that I will do, learn skateboard tricks that I couldn't learn when I was in my 20s, so I figured now that I'm 43, clearly I can be able to learn them. Now is the best time. But also, you've got the good old YouTubes to help you out. I know. I've been YouTubing everything recently. You have. You're seen like me rebuilding your shed. Rebuilding my shed from scratch. Not uh, well, no, insulating my shed. Yeah. Making it into a rumpus room. Yeah. Rumpus. Yeah, put it in the pool room. Put it in the pool room. Yeah, the rumpus. I looked up rumpus the other day to see what it meant, and it's yep. like... A room that you play games, hang out, and like, oh, yeah, it was just like exactly what the room is and yeah. has nothing to do with the family. Yeah. No. <laughs> no family in there. No. Anyway, um, so yeah, I'm going to do that. One of my tricks I, I want to learn is a backside disaster. Never learned that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll keep you posted. I don't know what any of these are. It's a clickety clack move. I really hope that you do. They're all ramp moves. So I only like skating ramp. And as you get older, ramp is where it's at because there's no jarring landings. You know, like you don't go down stairs or anything. Mm. Everything's got a smooth transition that you land on and you roll out of. So uh. I figured, like, you know, 43 years old, going to, like, you know, I'm going to look like skate dad. You know, at, at the at that's the fine. That's fine. You you look. You don't look your age though. You look quite young, so you could pass off for someone in your thirties. In, in my in my teens, probably. Hey guys. I mean, I do have a new pimple. Maybe I should have done that as well. Like, like, hello there, fellow students. I got a uh, I got a pimple on my forehead from when I was insulating the shed. I I rubbed like the 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 fiberglass wall stuff. It rubbed on my face, and some must have got in my pores. And now I've got this big old pimple, and I don't have any other pimples. So it's just this. Real striker. Real it striker. It real, happens. A real lady bringer. <laughs> hey, ladies. Good thing you're married. Check out my third eye. <laughs> my squelchy. Look, eye. if it makes you feel any better, I didn't even notice it. Well, I did. Every time I look in the mirror, I see a whole other face staring back at me. Yeah, Pastulio. Pastulio. <laughs> Pastulio. <laughs> what did you do this week? Uh, well, I went and I watched the new Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, with uh, young Bryn. 
Brian Phillips. Yes. Friend of the show. He is, which was fantastic because I I love going to the movies with Brian to see horror movies because he is not... He likes horror movies, but he is a glutton for punishment. He's heaps scared of clowns, isn't he? He's terrified of clowns. This is funny. This is a dude that's so scared of clowns, it's like on a scale of like, you know, ridiculousness and you made him go see It with you. Um, did I did he piss not on make, you? He wanted to go see it, and he wanted to go see it with me. So I did not drag him. He wanted to go. Um, did he wee? He did not wee. He, he didn't like. He did such a good system job. Out. I was I was so proud of him. But when you see him, you ask him why he's afraid of clowns, and he'll tell you, and you'll be like, "Yeah, right. Fuck that." Was his whole family killed by a clown? No, <laughs> not quite. <laughs> nothing quite that. Um, I mean, I quite enjoyed the movie. It was it was nothing different or spectacular, but it was very enjoyable. And we all know that I have a huge old crush on Vera Farmigina, if that's how you pronounce her name. Yeah, I, I um, we were talking about this before. I didn't realize. I, I, I'm, I haven't caught up with The Conjuring since like the first film. Mm. How many are there now? If you don't count the doll ones? Uh, there's three. So if we don't talk oh, about the doll that's, ones, that's quite, there's only that, three Conjuring. That's quite achievable. Yeah. Yeah, you could right. do it. Maybe we should do it. Uh, we'll do. Them. We'll do a conjuring for an episode. We have to do the first one because I can't remember what's going we on. We could do all of them. I remember thinking this is a night, a fresh look at horror movies. The first time I watched it, but I can't remember any detail. And I remember it's got that man in it with the forehead. Yep. The conjuring man, like the main guy. Oh, Patrick Wilson. Yeah, he's, yeah. Got, he's got a forehead he on him. He does have a forehead. Yeah, yeah. He it's reminds me a bit of secrets. like Job from Arrested Development. That that yeah. actor. Yeah. He, yeah, 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 yeah. He's got that that look, that 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 breed of like mm-hmm. of windswept back hair. <laughs> Could be balding, probably not, but still strikingly chiseled. Yeah, he is very chiseled, but uh, yeah. So I bet he's got abs. Um, maybe not so much now, but back then, yeah. Oh, you reckon I'd he's going so. a bit doughy? Well, I think now he's got he's leaning into the dad bod, which mm-hmm. good for you. Good for you. But anyway, I saw the film with Bryn and he I was so proud. And he also mentioned uh, when we were leaving, he's like, I was remembering all the tropes that you guys have talked about in oh. the show. He's like, so, you know, oh, we have to go see this guy. He's the expert. He's the doomsayer. Yep. Okay. Doomsayer I've, I've got experts. that. I've got that. And then. That'd be a good podcast name. Yeah. Doomsayer and experts. Yeah. Or, or just doomsayer and expert. Like yes. you're the people. <sighs> okay. Nobody steal that. We might do that. <laughs> that so, could yeah. be our second podcast. Um, okay, so let's, that's it. That's that, all we've that done. Let's move on to our spoiler cards. Yes, every week Jennifer and I set ourselves a horror movie to watch and then we go through it scene by scene and spoil the fuck out of it mm-hmm. for you. It's a deep dive into a glorious gore, hard edits, cheesy acting, directing madness, severed wangs and compound fractures. Uh, we're actually going to kind of change it up a bit soon mm. we're gonna um loosen the the it up a bit yeah not, not, not be as strict not, not be as strict on the structure but yeah more, i'm an more anal hanging retentive with the control freak what i'm yeah. an anal retentive control freak we're gonna hang we're gonna you know start chatting about the jokes maybe like less about the film more about our dicks <laughs> it, you probably guys won't even notice it it's just gonna be a smooth transition it, yeah. like how ryan otley took over invincibles art and smoothly transitioned into <laughs> His style. That is a reference that you have made, yes. Yes, <laughs> yes reference. <laughs> I own a comic shop. No, no, no. Anyhow, uh, we got a rating system. We do. Apparently. So, 
For those of you playing at home, uh, our rating system is A for awesome. Everybody should watch B is our beer and chicken wing group movie. F is for fun and dumb. C is a classic that's worth a watch. U is underrated. O, an overrated motherfucker. Uh, G is good for its time but has not held up. We've got the J Jen special, the D Dan special. We've got a W, which is whatever. Whatever, dickhead. I don't want to watch this, you, you bloody turkey goblin. <laughs> Cheddar goblin. Uh, Cheddar goblin? Cheddar goblin. You've not seen Mandy? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought you said shed a goblin. Like, <laughs> shed shed a goblin. it off. Like, you know, shed yeah, them like a snake shed sheds its skin. You should always shed the goblins. Shed the goblin. Uh, that's also a great name for a band. Shed the goblin. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Uh, Kesha, which is the low-budget hot mess, and we have the C-minus. Craft is stellar, but I hate the content. And finally, the McConaughey, the cream of the crap, the fucking fucked, the we watched it, so you really don't have to. The acting madness. Oh. Um, we haven't had a McConaughey in a while. We really is, haven't. It makes me sad. Which is pretty good. This week, uh, from your choice, Jen, mm-hmm, we mm-hmm, watched mm-hmm. The Exorcist 3 from yes. 1990. Now, I hadn't seen this because everyone is, is a well-known fact that the third movies are kind of shit. So I'd avoided this, but I'm going to go out on a limb here and say this is actually the second film. <laughs> like, yes. Like spiritually. Spirit, spiritually, spirit, physically. Spirit, no, spiritually. <laughs> <laughs> that is fine. Absolutely fine. Because uh, I can't remember the heretic. I've, I know I've seen the second one. But uh, this is a direct follow on from the second film hmm. and like done. Just 15 years later. That's why everyone looked older. <laughs> That's exactly right. What yes. are its uh, vital statistics, Jen? All right. So it is written and directed by William Peter Blatty, who actually wrote the original Exorcist novel. So oh. he's already in the wheelhouse. He knows what's going on. He's created the law. He's done everything. Yeah, right. Yes. So that gives it mad cred. Why did it people like, get stiffies over this? cred. However... Don't want to go too far into the fun facts before we start, but the book that was written and the book that this is based off is actually called Legion. So it is still about a Gemini killer, but they obviously gave him the opportunity to turn it into a film, and then there's a whole bunch of information. You mean it's not about sexy angels with Uzis? No. Have you seen that Legion film? No. It's actually pretty good. I have uh, no desire to watch some sexy angels with Uzi's. Actually, now that I say it's actually pretty good, I'm going to take that back because I can't remember <laughs> any of it. I just remember it's just a whole film where people are stuck in like a diner. Yep. And there's like demons on the outside come and then a sexy angel with an Uzi comes down and goes, I'm going to protect you guys. And it's like this, like these demons are coming in and they're just shooting them with Uzis, which does sound cool. Was it directed by McG? No, it was probably like, I don't know. I'm going to make up a dumb name for a joke. <laughs> Fud. <laughs> fud, fud, Clamachon. <laughs> oh yeah, old well, Fud Clamachon. He's my favourite director. He's, he's like the Uve Bowl of Uve Bowls. <laughs> <laughs> he knows his Uzi shit. Anyway, uh, he it's... only makes films where characters have Uzis. <laughs> Angelic Uzis. Yes, thank you. Um, this movie also stars George C. Scott, Ed Flanders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Ned. Without but the, not. I, know. <laughs> I get it. Howdy doody. <laughs> Which one's I, he? Who does he play? He is uh, Father Dyer. Which one's that one? The one who dies. Dyer? <laughs> 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 I did. I'm just going to like uh, 
get people ready for the fact that I didn't learn anyone's name in this film. It's and I, halfway through I realised there's like six priests and yeah. I just called them all priests. <laughs> you really did. Um, it also stars Brad Dourif, who we know and love as the voice of Chucky. Oh, yep. which one was he? He was the Gemini killer. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Spoilers. Anyway. Um, and then, of course, Jason Miller, who is reprising his role as Damien Karras from the original Exorcist film. Yeah, right. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, the budget was $11 million and mm-hmm. it That's a lot. It was. It was a pretty big budget. For, for a 1990 film, yeah. Yep. And it uh, made $44 million. Oh, So this good. is a success. That's good. Four this times. This is a successful film. Exactly four times. Yeah, pretty much. Um, that, that That's good because I... For some reason, I thought people hung shit on this film. Is am I just getting am I just getting confused with the second one? Um, or, yes and no. People this, do hang shit on this film. Or is this a sleeper hit where everyone's like, "Hang on, yeah, this is one of this, this is, is this is structurally well put four. together." Yep, this is the Screen Four of the Exorcist franchise because uh, yeah. everyone hated Screen Four. Pretty sure Screen Four recently. is the Exorcist Three of the franchise. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, what's its what's its tagline? What's its tagline? Uh, do you dare walk these steps again? Yes, I do. Yeah, fuck yeah. No, they're too high. I'm, I'm going to take a break halfway and, through. And Sinopo? Sinopo. Yeah, hang on. There was a, a high step. Oh, they're talking about the steps he fell. He jumped out of a window and then fell downstairs, didn't he? I'm pretty yeah. sure jumping out the window killed him, eh? Well, we'll get into that. It's not the fall. It's the certain stuff that kills you at the end. <laughs> Exactly. What's a snuffer? Uh, so set 15 years after the original film, The Exorcist 3 centers around the philosophical Lieutenant William F. Kinderman, who is investigating a baffling series of murders around Georgetown that all contain hallmarks of the Gemini, a deceased serial killer. It eventually leads him to a catatonic patient in a psychiatric hospital who has recently started to speak, claiming he is the Gemini and detailing the murders, but bears a striking resemblance to Father Damien Karras. Why did that killer just go around and like smash up little old 1980s cars? Like Geminis. (laughs) I don't know. He He ruined my Gemini. I fully got like mag wheels for that and made it into a panel van. <laughs> a choice was made here, but yes. So, so the Gemini killer. So I said this to me before when I was like, "Oh man, it really might reminded me of the Zodiac killer." Mm-hmm. And you're like, "It's based on that." <laughs> then I was yes. like, "Yeah," because it was it was so like it that I was like, "Weird." But I didn't know when the Gemini killings happened. I should have known because in that movie Zodiac, I mean. So the Zodiac killings happened in a period of time over the 70s, I believe. Oh, yeah, yeah. For like a long time as well. So, And this is this is very similar. Very similar. So, yeah, we'll get into it. Anyhow, open it up. Where did it open up? Georgetown, 1990. Yep, over a lovely lake. A and beautiful a, lake. At dawn, a rowing team, you know, rowing across there the lake. There is a hard rowing theme. <laughs> this is, yes, there's a lot of rowing in this. Who, because- who looks at a rowing team and goes, you know what? Good theme for a film, like <laughs> early morning rowers. Well, you said it in Georgetown. Of course, Georgetown is a big, uh, it's a university town. And of course, obviously, there are rowing teams, so rowing scholarships. So there's a sporting theme right there. Yeah. So we see uh, our first character. What's his name? So we are introduced to our first character, Father Dyer. I call him a preacher. Preacher. So he is walking the kind of... Pretty empty streets at this point, um, 
walking past a group of students carrying their boat back to wherever they're taking it. Boat. Um, not to the docks where they've just been, but somewhere else. That would be that boat shed. Yeah, but wouldn't you have the boat shed at the water? No. Nah, Why would you, want you carry it halfway across the Because you have to make your bloody your students buff. They have to carry boats around. That's true. And he walks up to a flight of stairs and he He's looks like, down. He's like, oh, my God. He's stairs. Like, I am too unfit for this. Yeah, I'm old. <laughs> it so is the, the iconic stairs from The Exorcist. Does it have a handrail? It does have a handrail. You can do some sick grinds. I wonder if anyone skated that. We should look that up to see if anyone skated The Exorcist handrail. Okay, we could do that. Yeah, sure. Um, And then so he has this very concerned look on his face and we cut to an old man sitting at his desk in his home office. Um, This is the first time we are introduced to Lieutenant Kinderman. Who I call the chief. The chief. Yeah, he does. He's like the out of shape, in shape guy. Yeah, he he kind of acted like the chief of police the whole yeah, for half the film. He, was, so like, he must be the chief, and then he was later big on, big man in charge. He's just the lieutenant, which yep. is still pretty high. That's more than a detective, isn't it? Yes. But I just called him the chief. That's fine. That's fine. Um, he picks up a photo on his desk. He looks at it, and uh, it is of course of Damien from Damien Carris from the first Exorcist. Which movie. one's Damien? He was the Demi. Why you do this to me, Demi? He's the young priest. I need an old priest and a young priest. Yeah. He's the young yeah, priest. Yeah, so the young priest. And he looks at the picture and he's just like, and he, Damien. He just mm-hmm. says the name. Yep. Says the As name. As if he's never, no, like, you know, does he do that every day? No. no. he doesn't do it every day because this is a special day. This, this is. is the anniversary. Mm-hmm. Of his death. Uh, we cut to the stairway, but now we are at the bottom of the staircase looking upwards. Bom, and bom, there bom. is a fog covering and we get that famous piano soundtrack from the exorcist which is really cool as well of course the fog clears and we are led straight into a title sequence um over the street streets yeah, of like georgetown credits on yeah. yeah just around around town get set, in set the town. Mood. it's at night yeah everything is empty we hit a church Ooh, Ooh. church at night because we all know the scariest place well i don't know if you noticed the soundtrack the soundtrack to this is fantastic because there is this very demonic like deep growling sound well there is that is happening i thought it was just a lion ghost a lion ghost yeah Yeah, because like the doors of the church suddenly burst open and it growls like yeah so that means that something some big weather has made its way to the to maybe the Pumpkinhead was just sitting outside having a ciggy. Maybe on the bench, just like, like there a, is a lot of smoking in this film. There is. You did notice it. Um, it's the '90s, mate. It's when yep. smoking was still good for you. Yeah, back in the day. Um, so basically, I, we just get this scene of all these papers being blown around this whoosh. church. Uh, something evil has come to Georgetown, and then we get this <laughs> POV shot. Now um, the best part is like one of the statues' eyes opens. Yeah, that and goes. Oh. Like, as in, they've just, like, superimposed some eyes over a statue and, like, of Jesus or somebody, and it just opens up. It's like, like, oh, my God. I'm like, (laughs) is that a comedy moment? (laughs) I think it is. I think it is. Uh, We get this POV shot of someone walking through the streets. Again, this is nighttime, and we get a lot of heavy breathing. So there is someone out on the prowl. Don't know what it is. Uh, We get this. um, There's still credits being overlaid uh, over all this stuff. This is still just the opening. Yeah, so um, this this POV shot walks past a young black kid. Um, Wearing um, pl- police boys club yes, t-shirt. Like, and I, at first I was like, 
Who wears a police boys club? But this is so interesting because he's kind of sat, he stood up against a wall and the person, whatever's walking past him, walks past him and then he comes out from around the corner holding a rose. Yeah, at this point you're just like, dream sequence. Something's happening. Because no one, this doesn't happen. Yeah, because there was a whole bunch of leaves like attacking a building at some stage and stuff like that. And then we get this, uh, I have dreams of a rose and falling down a flight of stairs and then we Cut yeah, back to voiceover. the kids standing at the stairs. Um, that's it. We we knock out to the morning. Bam. Yeah. Choppers at dawn. Cut to a bunch of choppers flying above a church. Yep. Church so, yeah, we just happening. had a dream sequence yep. of that kid in a, what was it called? Police Boys Club. Yeah. T-shirt. That's cool. Um, so there's a church sermon happening while we've got some choppers flying around. So what's the ruckus? What's going on? We get some cops everywhere. Police so investigation down at the river. Yep. Down at the river. S- oh, that's where the boat club is. Ah, convenience. Uh, they have stumbled upon, uh, we have stumbled upon some kind of crime scene. And yep. uh, then we cut straight to Father Dyer talking to his apprentice. So after the sermon has his happened. protege. Yep. Yeah, I don't even know. What would you call? I don't know religion. Priest so, in training? Yeah. Um, and he starts talking. Altar boy? Oh, <laughs> Uh oh. Father dying to get a boy in him. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> Jesus. What? Or something. Or something. Um, so he starts talking to Father Karras. Uh, uh, he starts, sorry, he starts talking about Father Karras and falling down the, down the stairs to his death 15 years ago to this very day. They basically are saying 15 years ago, the first film happened. Yeah, we get this like click. Like the switch over to the scene where he's fl- flown out the window and he does. Yeah, we get a quick back, yeah, yeah. flashback to the first film. Yes. Him, like, going like, I've got a wingsuit. Oh, I forgot to put it on. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that was his plan. I he was going to take the evil in and wingsuit it away. Yeah, right. That yeah. happens. Uh, then we cut to the preacher. Yeah. Uh, eating breakfast with another preacher. He is. So this is this preacher is the head of the university. This I is boss don't preacher. remember what his name is. Boss preacher. Um, but they're having. A he comes into it a bit. He boss does. Preacher, yeah. He's quite mad at Father Dyer for some reason I wasn't paying a hundred percent attention to. Um, but basically, um, Father Dyer responds in "Jesus loves you." Everyone else thinks you're an asshole, which is a, such a famous. It's on T-shirts now, and at, this is at the point where I've started to notice that this is the manliest voices of manliest men. Yeah, everyone in this ever. film like just eats gravel for breakfast. Yeah, it's like, hey, father, you really <laughs> want to do that? Yeah. You know what I like to do? I like to have gravel. Glass. Hand me that broken glass to eat. <laughs> gravel. Wash it down with a glass of scotch and smoke hot, a pack hot, of cigarettes. Hot, hot gravel. Hot gravel. <laughs> hot gravel and cigarettes, please. Um. <laughs> He, yeah, so the preacher is just talking about like he's going to go meet up with the, the the chief, the lieutenant. Yeah. He goes, I do this every time. You know, I do this every year around this time because, you know, he gets depressed around he this just, time. I need to, I'm the only one who can cheer. This is actually really sweet It's as endearing well. because the other chief of police lieutenant thinks exactly the same thing about him. Yeah, exactly. And then we cut to Kinderman, uh, Kinderman talking about the case and he they're looking, they need a murder weapon. So we've cut to a different scene. He's talking to all these other Police peoples. Is it? Yeah, the police station. Yeah. And he also has one of the manliest manly voices ever as well. Yeah. Um, He's just eating seven razor blades for breakfast. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Oh, God, I can't do this. <laughs> um, and then he starts, he's like, I need the Gemini killer file. 
It's like, what do you mean? You don't need this file. Like, this guy's been dead for 15 years. He's like, just do it. And I need the autopsy report. And this is a point that he's just, like, trying to talk about, um, you know, go home and see your family. Like, once you've done this, go home, spend time with your family. And talk about WAPs. And I'm like, is he a Cardi B fan? What's WAPs? WAPs was this song which I have still yet to hear. I'm so happy. But it's like that wet-ass pussy song. WAPs. (laughs) I'm going to um, look up WAPs, what it means. Because I didn't understand what he was talking about. and uh, But I'm like, oh, I do understand this reference. That WAPs definition from the free dictionary on the internet says... Uh, um, wireless application protocol. Oh. <laughs> I don't think it's that. Yes, go home and talk to your family about that. Yeah. Mm. A WAP of snow? I don't know. I don't know. Something's happening. He's... He said a thing. I thought it was funny. Uh, well, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I want to know what it is. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Actually, this is WAP I've looked up, not WAPs. Are you mm-hmm. sure they said WAPs? I'm, you know I've got terrible hearing, but yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm 95% sure he said WAPs. WAPs. Um, it can be the Western Australian Police oh, yep. Service. The Weighted Airman Promotion System. <laughs> <laughs> A United States Air Force program determined uh, the ranks of a staff sergeant. A radio station. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe it was that. WAP. Maybe. No. I, who knows? WAPS on the radio. $5 cash. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we cut back to Kinderman. He's now in his house and he's talking to his wife about this current killer. Um, he's, he's, he's frazzled. Yeah. But he's also, she's like, well, you got to stay. He's like, look, I've got to go. I've got to go meet. Father Dyer, because, you know, he gets really upset on this anniversary and I've got to go be there And you realise they need each other. They need each other. It's so sweet. Yeah. Um, Both making out that they're, they're like, going for him, but they're just going for each other. What I absolutely love about the next scene is this scene sets up the absolute big dick energy that Kinderman has because they're meeting up to watch It's a Wonderful Life at the cinema. Yeah. Of course, he is running late, so he arrives barreling down the street in his cop car, sirens blaring, <laughs> basically just pulls up out front, walks in, walks right into past Into a the... pub. They're in at the meeting at a pub first. No, they go to the pub after. Oh, okay. Where are they So now? he walks into the cinema. Oh, cinema. Instead of giving money, he's basically like, oh, official police business, just shows his badge and just keeps walking and no one's going to stop this guy. He's like this big, burly mm. kind of like, you know, he's been on the job for like 50 years kind of thing. And he just... One like, day from retirement. Yeah. <laughs> and this whole scene just sets him up and he's like walking through and he turns around like Father Dyer's not there. And he's like, what are you doing? He's like, just need some lemon drops. I'm addicted to these things. Like these kids, they come in and they talk to me and they smell like weed and lemon drops. So, you know. Yeah, weird story. Yeah. It's such a weird They basically story. have a whole scene now of them kind of cheering each other up. They, yeah. You know, they, they do like banter. Mm. They do like old mate banter. This film has great banter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, he then the chief, this is about where he tells the fish story. Mm. Yes. Yeah, so they've gone to see the movie. They're out of the film. And they're he's back like, at the pub. They're having a beer. Yeah. It's like, go home, see your wife. And he's like, can't go home. My mother-in-law's visiting, which which we have it. seen previously in the, the the bit at the start. Yep. So we've seen that he's got a daughter and a, the mother-in-law at their house as well yep. in the breakfast scene, which we forgot to mention. Yeah, and he's like, "Okay, so what? You don't like her?" And he's like, "No, no, no, she's fine, but she's making carp for dinner." 
And he's like, he's so, like okay. so? He's like, there's so many imperfections in a carp that you've got to cook it fresh. So there's been a carp in my bathtub for three days, just swimming at first, back and forth. At first, he, he opens the story with like, like, yeah, like he stinks. The yeah. reason I haven't like showered in three days. Because he the, gets progressively closer to Father Dyer as well as he's telling this story. Yes, we're very close now. You can probably <laughs> smell me. <laughs> I haven't had a bath in three days. Yeah, that, that, and that, that, at that point, I was like, people don't have baths every no. day. Like, growing men, this is the 90s. This isn't like the 1940s when there was only a bath to pour hot water into, cooked yep. over a hot belly stove. They're like, and I thought, I thought back to the 90s. Like, no, my, my dad showered. He yeah. didn't bath. I, I, do you know what? I've never seen my dad or heard of my dad ever having a bath. Yeah. I have baths all the time. <laughs> I get really bored. Like I love the idea. Nah, man, you put the um, you, you get your iPad, you put it next to the bath, you put on a, an episode of Good Game. <laughs> I uh, sure. I get yeah, you get a drink, you put on a candle. Yeah. I, I I'm like yeah, and then it fucking goes cold. Yeah, no, Piece of I shit I get bath. real bored real quick. I feel like I should be doing literally. I can I can sit on the couch and do those exact same things and feel you can, fine. You can but bath if, on the couch, but if I get in a bath <laughs> and I'm doing those things, no, nah, I feel guilty. I do. I think I do them more in the winter. Like it's just like oh, it's a warm place. Like if you're cold, it's, it's true. just like I can I be enveloped wish, in hot. Mm, I do wish I had a bath at this point in time because it is quite cold. But I don't. Do you not have so, a bath at your house? No. Wait, really? Yeah, no bath. How do you wash your dog? I don't have a dog. How do you wash your cat? I don't. <laughs> anyway, so he basically finishes. He's like, I can't go home because if I see that cup, I'm going to kill it. I'm like, okay. But I'm like, it doesn't matter. No, nope, Just fine. have a shower. Just have a shower at your mate's house. Yeah, go to Father Dye's house. It's fine. Yeah, I'm sure he's. So they decide to go out to dinner and then they start <laughs> having like the stock standard like. Bromance. Yeah, they're talking about, you know, fame, they're going to live forever and all the bad in the world. And it's it's that, you know, we're setting up the he's the believer, he's the non-believer. Yeah, and, then, he, and then the chief just dives into to the story of yeah. his case he's working on. I'm pretty sure he wasn't allowed it. But then again, he's talking to a preacher. Yes, confessional. He does a story of the kid got killed at the, cho- at the uh, what is it, the, uh, the, docks. the rowing. Yeah, so yeah. killed on the docks, young yeah. Thomas, 12 years old. He got his head chopped off. He had ingots jammed into his eyes. As we all know, ingots are just big blocks of gold. Blocks of steel. I, th- I thought they were primarily always gold. I don't know. I don't know. Why ing- would you put gold through someone? That shit's worth money. Anyhow, he's got like big fucking bits of metal in his eyes. Mm. And then he got crucified on a um, on a, an or, uh, a, a crucifix made out of oars. Because, uh-huh. you know, it's very boat themed. Yes. Killer. And I, I, I got confused at this part because... He had his head chopped off. Yes. But then what, he had a head. Was yes. it a statue's head that got put onto his body? Yes. They made a big deal about the his head was chopped off and in replace of his head they put a statue. So someone had gone and cut the head off of a, a Jesus statue, put it on his body. But we see it later and, then, and the kid's got his head on with the ingots in his eyes on the cross. And I'm like, Well, no, because they, they made a point about saying that they painted the cro- like the statue in blackface. Oh, okay. So, make... it's yeah, it's painted up Ooh. highly, highly inappropriately. Was that highly inappropriate for the 90s? I'm pretty sure it's when Hey Hey Saturday had it on weekly. Yeah, <laughs> blackface. No. Black it minstrels. was inappropriate for the 90s, but people were not aware of that. Well, he is a killer and therefore, yeah. Yes. Uh, um, so, of course, you know, the father's at this point, he's just kind of lost his appetite like, for his mm. food. 
Um, you know, I mean, that's pretty pretty nasty. Like, end of scene. End of scene. Then we cut to a new scene in uh, another church with a new confession box. We mm. have a preacher in there, just some preacher. New new preacher. New guy. Don't Con- know who he is. Confession preacher. You know, he's, he's sitting there waiting. He's compre- uh, compression. <laughs> his confession box. And uh, we, we, we hear someone come into the other side, sit down. We hear an old lady's voice. Hello. Yeah, it's like a nonna. She also sounds like she's been smoking a pack a day for the last, like, 50 years as well. I've been licking my sandpaper. She you may have a cat's tongue. She is um, people. She confesses, like, you know, she starts doing the old, like, ah, I've been bad. And he's like, oh, fucking hell. And then she's like, suddenly she confesses to killing someone. He's like, oh, fuck, fuck. Yeah, she's like, 17 was the first. I was 17 when I did the first one. It was a waitress and I cut her throat. And then, of course, like, this is really cool because the laughing starts. So this person just starts laughing and it just becomes like. As in the like, old lady, yeah. Yeah. And then it just sort of turns into like this like horrid, horrid laughing and then this we, screaming. And then we cut to the, the preacher's face like, and yeah. that's it. And then police tape outside in the rain. Well, so we cut forward. There's obviously been a foul doing in this church. Mm-hmm. I do declare there's been a murder. And now the preacher's dead. He is dead. <laughs> the chief walks in. He's like, what the fuck's going on here? Yeah. yeah. So we've got like, we've got people dusting for prints, bagging up evidence. There's a woman over there crying for some reason. The chief don't care. He's like, fuck that shit. Let me look at the body. Yep. So he- Kinderman approaches the covered body and he uh, picks up one side and looks at a hand, drops it. Covers it up, goes around to the other side, looks at one hand. He's got a corpse it. hand fetish. Fit, he does. Clearly. He really so does. And that's all, really. That's it. Yeah. He's just like, and he looks at the hand, he's like, fucking hell. Exactly. He's, he's seen something that he's like, he's like, that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. So it's Cut now nighttime. nighttime, and Kinderman is hanging out in the confessional booth, um, and he's, he's just, just sitting there playing with the sliding door. Um, and I, I just assumed that he was still hiding from his mother-in-law. He's like, I don't know. I, I can't Well, yeah, I think we're, we're, we're supposed to believe that, that he's like, he could go home, mm. but he'd rather just keep working. Yeah, probably. Kind of thing. Yeah. So he's in the confession box. He's, they go into this diatribe about, like, how do you open the door? Like, you know, yeah. the killer must have done this. No, well, they can't. They should have done it this way. It's actually inconsequential to the story. Oh, yeah, very much so. They do, a bit of, they do a little bit of police work. Yeah. So one of the detectives also mentions that he was injected with a drug. It's the same kind of drug that is used in patients uh, undergoing electric electroshock therapy. Oh, dear. And um, it was the same drug that they found in Old Headless. Old Headless Thomas. Old Headless Kid. Yes. It causes paralysis, which means that the kid was alive and aware the whole time this was happening to him, and he died of slow asphyxiation, which is pretty fucking nasty. Yeah, so basically, yeah. Pretty anyway, nasty. Now we cut to a hospital, because he's like, it was obvious we are going to come here, because he's like, it's only available in a hospital. Uh-huh. Cut to a hospital. Yeah, but he's not there to investigate. He is there with an adorable fluffy penguin, because he's looking for Father Dyer. That is true, because Father Dyer's had a bit of a heart tickler. He's something's happened. He's in the hospital. You don't actually find out. He's just like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're yeah. just running some tests. I had, didn't eat enough coal that small that yeah, morning. He's there, like, <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me. It's fine. It, it is, but good I like because... how he walks in and he's like, "Well, what's this nonsense? Yeah, get out of bed, you lazy prick." Yeah, and he's also the preacher. He's like in hospital, in bed, smoking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> smoking, reading a women's fashion newspaper. Nice. Um, which is nice because once again we see this relationship between these two guys and they cared very deeply for each other because he's like, well, like, why are you here? What are the tests for? He's like, well, what about your brother Eddie? He's like, what about my brother Eddie? He's like, he died at 30. 
It's like, yeah, because he was in Vietnam. It's fine. And it's, it's a bit just of back this, and forth. There's yeah. such banter. I love, I love banter. Yeah, the, the film had good banter, eh? Yeah. And I was going to say at this point as well, this is me going into it thinking I was going to watch a, a horror movie. Yeah. It's just turned into like a, a, a crime, like a midday movie, yes. like crime drama. And I was fine with it. Yeah. I was just like, yeah. Yeah. Who is the killer? What is going on? And I was almost like, I wish there was no supernatural in this so I could just see the crime cop drama fold out. Uh-huh. Well, let's, let me and tell you. And it's really well put together. It is. It all really the scenes is. are put together. All the acting is real. Uh, it, it looks like a good film. Like yeah. it's this and you can is see what that one of million. those, like, it's Sunday afternoon, it's raining, you can't go outside and play, so this is like the midday movie? Yeah. Yeah. And and then you're like, oh. I mean, that's the first time how I saw Deliverance. It was just <laughs> on in the, the midday, midday movie. movie. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> oh, my and God. Was like, that was like one of the ones that would be on that, you know, you'd put on the TV at, like, midnight and there'd be a movie on. You're like, movies aren't on at midnight. What is this? What is this little kid playing guitar? Exactly. <laughs> Fucking kids. Bloody kids. Anyway, we get these like weird sequences of nurses screaming at someone and then the nurse coming in to issue the wrong medication and just he lights up another cigarette, which is really funny. I thought she was going to say something, but she's just like, cool, give me one. No, she didn't say that. No. But basically everyone in this film just smokes in the most inappropriate places. Yeah, just... well, you remember the back in the day, you could smoke literally anywhere. Yeah, I remember when they brought in the old no smoking in pubs thing and to me that was rad because I used to go out quite a lot mm. and – I could only ever wear my set of clothes I went out like that night because yeah. the next morning it was just thick with cigarette smoke and it made you feel sick. And you had to like, I remember like being as drunk as anything, coming home from partying at like three in the morning. I still had the, the vigor in me to take my clothes off and hang them on the line so I could wear them the next morning. Yeah. Like, it was that full on. Like, you pretty much just got to put them straight in the wash and you have to have a shower and wash your hair. Yeah. And now I kids these days they don't know how easy it is just mm. to, you can wear that t-shirt all week yeah no gross yeah <laughs> as a former smoker it does get stuck in you and i don't like that mm. if you're smoking outside it's fine but if you're in an alleyway where there's too much you'll walk back and you'll be like oh no it's on me it's oh, i don't me. like that i am it oh anyhow we um the chief he, he decides to fuck off yep <laughs> So he heads, heads to an elevator and he's sitting. And what bomb, bomb, bomb. We see he walks past a statue of Jesus minus a head. Oh. And it really fixates on this. And you're like, yeah, okay. And then from then on, you're like, okay, I can pretty much plot this out in my head. <laughs> like, yes. At every part. But it's still fine because you still don't know for sure in this film, which is a good, like, um, a whodunit kind of thing. They mm. always say in a, in a good whodunit. I don't know if you told me this the other day, like, you know, if you can't work out who the person is, it's a dumb, it's a bad who done it. And if you can work out straight away, it's a bad who done it. It's supposed to keep you guessing every point of the way. So even if you have a theory and you're like, okay, cool, I think this has happened, even if it turns out like that, mm. if you're not 100% sure the whole film, yeah. that's good. Well, because there's always going to be something that's going to trip you up. Because I think the idea is that as soon as you're in a who done it, Especially you one, are just going to want to try and figure it out because it, you want to be the smartest person in the room. Especially one that's like a supernatural one where it's just like, well, if he wasn't there, he can't do it. Or can he? Because mm-hmm. it's a very famous. Um, I remember when I told Ross at work that I was watching this film. He goes, oh, is that the one where the guy comes out with the like, mm. like, little famous scene? And yeah. I, like, I mean, I rewound that scene a couple of times and looked at it because it's cool. Yeah, we'll so get to cool. that scene. We will. I'll tell you when I'm, we're talking about it. Yes. And Chief goes to the elevator. He fucks off. Um, yeah, so there. Now, is he. Back in the police station. Yeah, well, now, we cut, the- now we cut back to the police station. Yeah. The chief is talking to other detectives about the preacher's mur- the preacher murder. I he think, was like- also drugged. And yeah, yeah. he's like, and we got something else. He's like, what? He's like, 
prints. There were two fingerprints. Two fingerprints. What do you mean they? What do you mean they don't match? There's two fingerprints. Oh. Actually, I never got this bit at all. What did what did that imply? So that there was that there were two people there. Yeah. So because that's when they talk about how there shouldn't really be two fingerprints. But it's possible because you could just reach your hand in and pull it and then close the door from the other side. So that whole thing. So, but really what it is and you figure it out later on, it's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense why none of the prints match, which is really good. Anyhow, they're they're baffled about that. Then we cut back to old Chiefy at police asleep at home. Yep. Dream sequence. Oh, yes. It's sleepy time for Kinderman. And he has a lovely little music box next to his uh, bed. Next to his bed. Which drops. Why would you even have a music box on in your bed? We get a montage, hospital montage, a dream sequence, angels, murder victims, midgets. So this is like (laughs) Midgets with the grandfather clock. Is that the word? Vertically challenged? What's the word for uh, proper? Little people. Little people. Is that the word? Yeah. Sorry about that. That was a, a misprint. It's from my mouth. That's it. Yeah, I think I think little people. Yes. Um but yeah, so it's basically like Heaven's Waiting Room, very similar to Beetlejuice. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, well, but, but at first it kind of comes in with this montage of all this crap. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and got, then we see Fabio. Do you remember Fabio's Fabio? in there. Yeah, yeah. He's the in most the... beautiful man in the cosmos. Remember when he got hit by the seagull? No. Oh, my God. You not know that? <laughs> what? So Fabio was on a roller coaster and a seagull <laughs> hit him in the face and broke his nose. Just oh, footage my God. Of, Look it up on YouTube, everyone. <laughs> it's so good. I'm going to post it. I'm going to post it. It's going to be great. Um, we see old police boys club murder victim kid come up. Come up to the chief. Uh, the chief. He says some shit. Doesn't really matter. He no, he does because it's so good. He's just like, uh, sorry, you were murdered, Thomas. I really miss you. Yeah, it, but it's he all very. Says it so matter of fact. It's all very casual. This yeah. dream. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a band playing. There's a really cool jazz band. I'm like, fuck yeah, this is some good jazz. There's an angel with some tarot cards. It's a, they went ham on this dream sequence. Samuel L. Jackson's also in there. Is he? He is. He's sitting in a chair. He's overdubbed though, so it's not his voice. So he's sitting in a chair. But he's got a good voice. He does have a good voice. But yep, he's sitting in a chair. There you go. Fun little fact for you. Um, the preacher's there. Um, so the yeah. So there is an angel tarot cards in front of a man. This man turns around to look at Kinderman, and it is Father Dyer. We're like, what the fuck? So Father Dyer's got like a he's, like his head's been stitched head's back been on. Head's been stitched back on, and he's I'm got just big like, old staples. No. This is a foreshadowing. No. How, what, have you ever noticed though, that it never gets mentioned is like why this chief of police has like premonition dreams of shit that's going to happen? Because he has like the black kid uh, with the police thing before he's even like gone to the crime scene. Mm. I'm like, why does he have like premonitions? Why? I don't know. Is it divine intervention? Nah. It, no? Nah. What is it then? And too, it, too much scotch before bed. Next morning, police chief gets called to the hospital, you know. He gets the call. And this is really cool as well. I don't know if you noticed because he this whole shot is done in POV. So it's basically him walking in to the waiting room of the hospital, everyone literally turning and looking at him mm. and then him just casually, slowly walking into the room and then he walks into the doorway and then we see um, that there are just... Cops all in the room, Dyer's body is covered and there's like photographers and then they notice him, they give a hit to the guy, everyone stops and everyone just fucking leaves. Yeah. And that's when we get that shot of him standing in the doorway, kind of just looking very stoic, looking over his dead friend, which is very upsetting. And then he starts to His check only the body. friend. Yeah. He's, he's only literally fr- his only friend. Yeah. So um, yeah, the, so the preacher's been murdered, he's covered up, there is like... 
a bunch of jars next to him with blood in it. Yeah. He's that, like, what are these? And he's like, that's all his blood. Yep. They drained all his blood without getting one drop on anything. So you're yep. like, mm, weird. And then there's like, hit, and then there's a note written on the wall in the preacher's blood, which says, it's a wonderful life. And mm. you're like, uh-oh, how did the killer know that they like It's a Wonderful Life? It's because everyone likes that movie. I don't. I watched I've it recently. I watched it recently. It's just long and really long. Yeah, I've it's never go through seen someone's it. whole life, basically. Never. It's okay. Yeah. It doesn't seem like a Christmas movie though. Yeah. Up until this point I'd only ever um I'd only ever known it from Gremlins. She's watching it, you know, yeah. the mum in the and that scene when that came on, I was like, Oh, it's this film and that's <laughs> right at the end. <laughs> I watched the whole film. <laughs> it's the one that the Gremlins mum watches. Oh. Anyhow. But this is great because this is where Kinderman, he starts t- taking charge. He's basically like, he's like, he Liz Lemons it. He's like, shut it down. Yeah. Shut it all down. Yeah, he, he like, locks the hospital down. He does. So it's like, take a squad of men, do this, do this. Like no one in or out except for emergencies. Um, and then it's just like, he sits down with this nurse. Do you notice this nurse, all she gets is yelled at? She's <laughs> also a fucking bitch. Yeah, but, but you see how she gets treated by the males? Like, yeah. she just gets yelled at in this. Anyway, she interviews this nurse. She's very nurse, nurse ratchet. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, she's like, I saw no one. All I saw was an unconscious lady that came down from the crazy war, which I helped back up and put her back in his room. He's like, crazy lady? Mm-hmm. Tell me more. Uh, yes. go, she's in the neurology department. Yes. Cut to the neurology. I'm going to smash through these bits because uh, we've already been talking for 45 minutes. Oh, fuck. We're trying to get this done in an hour, this one. It ain't happening. It's not happening, guys. No. So, yeah, in the neurology ward, so they're dealing with people with autism, Alzheimer's, that kind of thing. There's some weird guy who's, like, rolling around in a fucking electronic wheelchair and he starts flashing a nurse. Yeah, it's basically the uh, one flew of the cuckoo's nest, like, ward. Pretty much. And he, he talks to this lady who was unconscious. She's like, are you here to fix my radio? This was really hard to watch. Like. Love it. Just the whole, like, these helpless people who have have been put in this, this place. Um, it just, yeah, it's just very hard and upsetting. But she's basically talking about, I, like, the dead people talk to me through my radio. Like, you know, can you... And it's good as well because she's like, oh, you're here to fix the radio. And, and he's like, like yeah, yes. yeah. And she presents it to him and he's like, can you see it? And he's like, yeah, of course. And she's like, I fooled you. This is my telephone. Yeah, because like, you got nothing there. Fucking hell. Anyhow, they, they do that for a while. Then we... um Have we got the doctor there, the neurologist? Yeah, so we are introduced to Dr. Temple, played by Scott Wilson, who is Herschel from The Walking Dead. Oh, I just called him the neurologist. Yeah, that's fine. Um, So, yeah, but next they go down to the disturbed ward, which yeah. is like, you know, the basement the ward. The ISO chambers, basically. Yeah, which yeah. is basically like Dr. Gennard's, like, floor from Hellraiser that he keeps yeah. all the crazy people, which yeah, is basically exactly the same corridor. When it, it even opens up to, like, the crazy yes. ward. So, which is ba- it's basically a prison where they just keep people uh, that are too crazy, too disturbed. Yes, Kinderman walks down a very long, long uh, hallway. We see that he's got some pretty cool suspenders going on, and he notices someone in an ISO chamber. Yep. Um, it's a silhouette of a man. He kind of is just looking in. He wants a little bit more information, and we get this voiceover that just says, "I was only twenty-one when I died." Yeah, weird. It's so weird. Then we catch the chief getting chewed out for locking down the hospital. He's in a but he's in a, you know the office with the the hospital 
executives and like you get jumped out of a fucking hospital. Pretty There's much. a lot of man yelling in this. Oh, there like- is so much man yelling. And there's um Ken Lerner, who's a very good comedic actor, who's so young in this. And he's basically just like, you can't lock it up, like you can't do it. And Kinderman just he's like, Y'all ever heard of the Gemini? No, he fucking breaks down. He starts he crying. Does. He does have a he has cry. a crying scene. He's like, I'm so it, sorry. It all gets like on and I thought the scene was really good. And then he goes through and he tells the whole story of the Gemini killer, blah, 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 yeah. blah. The guy did it 15 years ago. He did all these same things. But mm. what we report, so I'm just going to say this real quick. Basically, what got reported in the newspapers to the public was not, this is something that they apparently do. It's like his MO. Yeah, yeah. they report how, the, what the killer does, but they don't actually report it correctly. Yes. So then when all the crazies ring up and say like, oh yeah, I did this and that, they can they know they're crazy because they actually report so examples of like, you know, hit in this one I think they do stuff like it, they cut their left hand all the, the victims the put their left finger was always severed. Yeah. And they, but that's not true. They it's an actual another bit, but they do that in newspapers because mm. to weed out people and they've done that. So but this killer that's now the copycat killer that they think is copying the Gemini killer is doing the things that only the Gemini killer would have known about because none of it was released to the public. And I'm like, that's cool. And I thought, maybe the Gemini killer is just a cop. (laughs) Yeah. And this is good as well because this is a great scene where you see that the Kinderman is absolutely fucking hungry because he is chewing this scenery. He is he's just like going at it like ham and fist, having this whole moment, and it is an absolutely fantastic scene. And then we are basically like cut to the morgue. In the hospital at night. And yep. he's like, we're, we're introduced to all these tools. It's like this massive garden shears. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is this for? What would you do this for? I it think looks like a giant crab leg. I think it's like a um an, 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 when they have to amputate an arm yeah, or okay. something like that. And it, it's, it's not, you know, it doesn't have to be amputated in a way that they have to care for it. Yeah. It's just basically a giant, like, garden snippers. Yeah. And we're basically, um, it's like, well, what's the tag? And he's like, oh, it's just the, it's a new, it's a new product. He's like, what do you mean it's new? And he's like, it's only just came in. He's like, well, where's the old one? And you're like, uh, like uh, 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 I don't know. They binned it. Oh. So basically we're just saying, yeah, that there could have been this cutting tool taken. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Kinderman, he now, he's off talking to the priest, um, the head of the university priest um, from the very beginning. Boss priest. And he's like, you know, like, what does this have in, in common? What is, I just, I need some help. Like, what could this have in common with blah, 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 blah. Um, and then the clock stops. And the chief gets a bad vibe and, and sees some papers moving. He does. And he's like, it could be the ex- exorcism of the McNeil kid. So he's referring to Reagan. So this is the first time that they start to reference uh, Ronald Reagan, Reagan <laughs> and the exorcism uh, of that one. And then there is a laugh. A we bunch s- of tears. <laughs> they should have some, known some something was going papers on. Papers float around and we Lights hear start some flickering. Latin being whispered and Kinderman yeah. investigates and a door blows slightly, you know, fucking whispering, lights flickering. He walks around. He ends up in the chapel. Did you notice the Joker statue? Yeah, what was with that? So as he's walking around, he walks past this statue, and I'm like, that's a fucking Joker. Yeah, from yeah. Batman. Right? It's insane. How can they just saw that went, that's creepy, let's put that in there. Exactly. There's more whispering, and then we start to get that demonic growling that we heard in the church at the very Lego beginning. Um, and then a woman, of course, comes up and startles him and she, I don't even know who she is or what her relevance is, but she hands him some papers and asks them, ask him to pass them on to the father. She, yeah, she's basically the secretary of the, um, 
of the, the boss of the boss priest, and she's just like, "Oh, I'm fucking running late. Can you just give these to the father?" He's like, "Okay." He's like, yeah, sure. I so just, he goes back. So I the whole scene was pets. like unbelievably useless. So he just really ends up in the much, same yeah. room he started in. Yeah, pretty much. He goes back to the father. He hands him this speech, and he's like, "Let's he, drink." And he's like, "Do you believe in possession?" He's like, "Nah, I don't got time for that." But some other cunt does. But <laughs> but you should go talk to this dude. Um, because he has said is said to have performed an exorcism. Oh, the ex- the expert. So we've got the expert, and we cut to this beautiful now, bird. First, like this guy's great. They 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 say like, he he did an he did an exorcism in the Philippines. Apparently, the whole situation. He went in and he came out. His hair would turn completely white. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, just because the actor had white hair. Yeah. I reckon it's like Phil Donahue. No. <laughs> uh, so yes, we are introduced to this uh, different priest. He has very white hair. He has a lovely bird in the box, and the bird in the box suddenly dies. He's in like his own little tiny yeah. apartment. Like he's he's recluse away from society. Whatever this thing that he fucking did has really like glitched him. Yeah, he's not mad. He's just like it's I just... don't want to deal with that shit. Yeah, you know. He's got like the old canary in the cage on the windowsill, which is a bird in a box. Yeah, pretty um, much. And we all know that when your bird in your box dies, you got a demon on your hands. It's true. Yeah, bird bird dies. (laughs) Cross falls off the wall and we get this very close-up shot of the Jesus uh, on the cross start weeping blood. Yeah. And then, of course, what happens, some big weather rolls in. Yep, into the room and that's basically it, really. Into the room and then we cut to the criminology database. So that guy's name from now on is Super Priest. Super Priest, Because he's got got a superpower of being having white hair and he's survived an exorcism already. So Super Priest, because we have to get our... Priests and stuff. Yeah, there's so many priests. That's fine. Cut that back. is fine. So we are at the criminology database, and this is a lovely computer system. Um, they're going through fingerprint matching, and they're like, "We've got a match," and it is Miss Clelia, 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 um, which is. But that's impossible. They say it is impossible because Miss, whatever her name is, was the older woman in the, the Alzheimer's ward that we'd spoken to. The radio before, lady. The radio lady. Um, so they reapproach her and they're like, oh, you're the radio man. And he's like, do you remember coming in here and touching the jars? And he like leads her in the room. She's talking about the jars. No, she's got no recollection of this whatsoever. So this is so strange. Why is this woman like this? Dun, dun, dun. Um, yep. So, so we got like people are dying. Yeah. Apparently there's like. People with Alzheimer's. A woman who is doing it catatonic most of the time is uh, the main suspect. So then they start to ask about the man in the isolation tank. So yeah. he was brought he goes in. to see the neurologist. Yeah, doctor neurologist. Yes. Um. So fifteen years ago, the cops picked him up, brought him in. Fifteen years ago. Hang on. Oh. Isn't that exactly the time that convenient possession happened? He's got total amnesia. And he's like... Amnesia. What is he, in a soap opera? <laughs> amnesia. That's so bad it gave me cancer. He's But he's rehearsing this. So no one's in this office with him. He's walking around with a piece of paper and he's oh, yeah, rehearsing the what he's going to say to the police. He's, he's just... I didn't get much out of it. I just got that he's really... Uh, he knows... He really wants to say the right thing. Like yeah. he's just... Uh, he's nervous and... He's yeah. just like, fuck, we've got to write this so, down. It is a weird scene, though, It's eh? very weird. So Kinnaman walks in. He's always reading the script of the film. Exactly. He <laughs> stashes the notes in his desk. He lights another cigarette off of his cigarette. And you then see, he's, so you see he's a chain smoker. He's a re- chain realize smoker, that yeah. he got some. He got some issues. He if does. You, if issues. You. Uh, he ended up, um, so he starts on his thing. He talks about it. And he, he periodically has to, like, he's like, he ended up a catatonic. But recently, and he's like, Leans over and he's like, 
uh-huh, uh-huh. He looks check, at his notes. Checks his notes. He's like, about six weeks ago, has slowly started to come out of it and get better. Then he got violent. Um, so we locked him he's up. Like, so as of two weeks ago, he's been in isolation. And here's the, here's the real kicker, uh, Kinderman. He says he's the Gemini killer. Bom, bom, bom. Chief. Chief of Chief wants the man's file, so he just gives it to him, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, just gives, gives him the chief file. Of um, once again, he sits down with Nurse Ratched, and she is just a cunt. Sh- just they're both cunts to each other. Yeah, uh, like they're just shitbags. Yeah, yeah, and when uh, bits of the file are missing and stuff yeah. like that, he's like, "What's going on?" She's like, "Well, it never got done." Yeah, <laughs> she's just like, "What do you want from me?" Yeah, fuck you. He goes, "Where's like?" And he yells at her for a while. And that's the end. She just gets yeah. yelled at. It's true. <laughs> Um, so he starts positioning uh, the police in all the locations around the hospital. It's like, you need to be go over here. You need to go over here. You need to be doing this. And at this point, he kind of has a bit of a stumble. And you're like, I think he's going to have a heart attack before this, this baby. Starts. And at this point, the, the chief divulge, divulges? No. Uh, divulges, yes. He tells his other detective, he goes, call me crazy, but I think the guy downstairs in that cell is Damien Karras, mm-hmm. which is, I had to look it up because I didn't know who Damien Karras was, but he's the preacher from The First Exorcist, yeah, as in the like, young guy. He was my best mate, and I saw him that night. I saw him fly out of the window, fall down, fall down those stairs, and die. He's like, but I think that's him in Cell 11. Yeah, because he hasn't seen his face yet, has he? No. So the chief goes down and visits the crazy guy, who is now known as Crazy Guy in my notes. Mm-hmm. This is like the guy in the straitjacket. Uh, crazy guy says to him straight up, it's a wonderful world. And you're like, uh-oh. Yep. So we do see a very weathered Damien Karras. So it is the same, same actor, actor from the film. Um, he is sitting on the edge of the bed. He's He's got a straight jacket on. Um, he's kind of like tethered to the bed. And then we get, once again, that growling demonic soundtrack well, first, happening. First, first crazy guy just basically proves that he's a Zodiac killer by telling the chief, everything that only the Zodiac Killer could know. He goes through every killing. He talks about, like, you know, meticulous yeah. details. And the chief is like, oh, fuck. And he goes like, yeah, well, what? You? And then he goes into the, you know, like sounds that you can't do. And even like, at the end of it says, like, I'm getting pretty good at that. Yeah. <laughs> but this is a very atmospheric scene because you got this sort of very big long shot. So you see them. Um, wide sorry, shot. Wide shot, sorry. Um, so you see him on one end, Kinderman on the other end, and they're having this conversation. He's like, I am one but not many. Um, sorry, he's like, I am no one but many. You have. I am so legion. So you will have no records. Is that what he says? Nothing. Did um, he say I am legion? I think he says it. He either says or it now or he says it later. Um, he's like, do you remember Karen? He's like, I killed her. And he's telling the story of this woman. Um, and it's just, it's so good. And yeah, it's a like, great saying. You need to tell them. You need to tell the press. You need to do it. And then yeah, he's really adamant. And that's when you, th- it, that could be the point in the story where, where you just think he's a copycat because he's really adamant that the press has to know it's a Gemini killer. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just a, I don't know why, but like yeah. you don't know. I don't think you ever find out why he really needs to be the press. It might just increase his power, grasp yeah. on reality. His out, his outreach of what he can do, whatever. If more people believe in him or something like that, quite possibly. And of course, he gets so angry that he transforms into Brad Dourif. So now it's Brad Dourif sitting across from him, from Kinderman, having this conversation. He's like. And Brad Dourif, like, credit where credit is due, he's a fantastic fucking actor because his performance in this was great. Does he turn into him, like, literally? Yeah, so you get to see his face and he's he starts asking. He's like, you know, he's going through this. Kinderman's like, I'm not going to tell the press anything. You're a fucking dickhead. And he's like, do you dance? 
And then he starts to sing. Sing. Yeah. Was and it weird? so he's going to go after Kinderman's daughter. And yeah, then, well, of course. Well, the thing, yeah, when he says that, and he starts to sing. I thought that was because earlier on in the thing, in the movie, like Kinderman's, uh, the chief's daughter mentioned about a performance in a play or something like that. And we're supposed to believe that that's the song from the play. Yeah. Um, Jeriff also talks about, like, He's got some good monologues in this, and we will not go into deep because, like, I feel he monologues. The best like one is when he like, talks about people can still see that, like, uh, yeah. if you chop someone's head off, they can still see for twenty seconds. So I like to turn their head around quickly to show their dismembered body to them. Yeah, I'm like, that's fucking gross, but okay. I think it's true as well. It, yeah, possibly. Yeah, the Nazis did tests on it. Ooh. That's how we know because you know how the Nazis did all those horrible tests. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, those Nazi tests apparently pushed us forward like 20 years in medical like study because they did those tests, which were really immoral, but everyone still uses it. Yeah, they did all shit like that, like tests on like, you know, chop off a head and you know, after we've chopped off your head, blink three times if you can still hear us and the, the heads did it and shit and like. Wow. Fuck. Okay. Fucking Nazis, man. Fucking Nazis. <laughs> um, he admits that he killed Dyer. And he basically dies straights, yeah. And he he basically lays out everything he did to him, um, and you can just see Kinderman. He starts fidgeting, and he he's like, he's but, you know he's gonna fuck his shit up. Yeah, the chief punches him out, yeah. punches out the old crazy guy. And this is where we also the more dramatic and loud Duraf gets, the more he sounds like Chucky. Yeah. As well. So he starts to have that voice start <laughs> shining through, which I feel that he was really trying hard not to do not in this to do. film. Um, of course, Kinderman punches him. Yeah. Punches the, him in the face. And the crazy guy keeps talking about his master. You know, the master gave me the power. The master did this. The master wants me to do that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he just suddenly passes out because, like, he has to recharge. Yep. He's like, like the crazy guy's like, oh. Pretty much. So he, he he leaves and he lets the other cops know um, he has details about a killing that was never released to the press. So yes. no one should have known about this woman. Why does this guy know? So he leaves and, of course, the nurse comes in and she starts screaming. She's like, you broke his fucking nose. The nurse goes into a, 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 a dialogue as well where she's just like, when, he may be in hibernation now, which is what he does, but apparently his brain activity goes wild. Yeah, when he goes say, crazy. This is like, straight away I was like, okay, so this is the part where he can possess people. Mm-hmm. But I was still confused on the whole thing. Is like, is it him in there or is it – because it's not what Reagan was possessed with. No. But he, it talks about, he talks about, because there, like I say, there is so much monologuing and we are not going into it because there's so much of it. But he talks about, this is revenge for a friend. So it was a friend uh, of someone who tried to possess a child. So this is how they were related. Yeah, so the guy, it's like the, the monster that possessed Reagan in one has like gone to his ghost and gone, hey. Want to help me, help me out? Can't. It's like, hey, these fucking dickheads just did this to me. What are you, you're in I just this- assume that it's Beetlejuice that's the other guy, <laughs> the master. Hey, you want to do this? We can do that. That's fine. Um, uh, we cut to the library at night now. Yep. The library. The chief looks. Um, he's there at the library. He's looking around the books. Mm, dusty old books. Look, there's a book. Ha, ah, the perfect book to pick up. Always. A book about exorcisms. Yep. Anyhow. Yes. Uh, he starts to read up on exorcisms and some pictures and shit like that. He starts flipping through the pages and we uh, we to get a... to chapter two, right of exorcism. You're only up to chapter two. Jesus. Mm. Um, we cut to a church. Yep. What, oh, super preacher's there. He's praying. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's uh, well, then we cut to the chief and that's it. Yeah, that's it. Super preacher is just kind of like this. He's like readying himself. Yeah. This he... is his equivalent 
to the Rocky montage. He's training. Yeah, the training, training. or the in commando when you see him putting all the gun belts <laughs> on and shit like that. This is him. Yep. So this is all we get from that past it, like that the super priest from the whole film. He's just fucking getting ready for the final showdown. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, chief is now. We cut to the chief. He's at house at his house. He's reading the book. Yep. He's like, I'm studying the fight, the dark arts. That's and, right. And, and then this guy comes. and goes, You're a wizard, chief. You have to come <laughs> to our Hogwarts castle. <laughs> so he's reading about. Um, we are legion because we are many, and of course, so he's trying to learn about like why this guy's. You know, he's like, I am no one but many when he was talking in his voice before. And, of course, his daughter comes in sort of... She's like sleep. Sleepy. Grabs something out of the fridge. It's the middle of the night. She's getting a drink. Goes back to bed. It's like, why are you snacking at this hour? Go back to bed. You're going to have nightmares. And then that's it. We cut back to the hospital. And I love this shot. I like this shot because this is... We get this long shot... Um, You see this long hallway. But don't we first get the, the chief... Is like at his, like sitting down, and he opens up his files, and there's a photo of the neuro doctor in there. Is that him? Possibly, I don't remember that. Yeah, as like a ex, like I don't know. That mm. he like done something dodgy in Quite his past. Possibly, yeah. he seems and, super fucking dodgy. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I didn't think I, I it was someone showed a photo in his case files, and I thought it was a neuro doctor, but it might not have been. Yeah. Mm. Now we cut to the. Could have been. Um, so we get this, yeah, this very nice long shot. And of the hospital. It's, yeah, so there's nurse. She is at uh, her nurse's station, which is off in the background almost. Um, and she hears a sound, so she goes to investigate. And then she's like, but she's really apprehensive as well. And she's like, she hears it again. And she's kind of like, oh, no, no. Because she's doing the night shift and it's scary. Of course. She, Wards are weird at night, eh? Yeah, they really are. Um, so she opens the door. She enters the room. The partition uh, is has breezed. Uh, and we see that the sound that she's hearing, this weird scratching, cracking sound, is actually glass in a cup cracking. Yeah, weird. And, of course... She's like, oh, okay. And as she calms down, this doctor jumps up. He's been sleeping in this room and he starts fucking yelling at her. Was that doctor neurologist? No, that one wasn't doctor neurologist. It was just like a doctor on call. You know when doctors are on call and they find sleep wherever they can? Yeah, yeah. He goes, come on, I'm here. He's like, I want your name. I'm I'm sleeping here. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, she goes out, back out to her desk. Uh, She she hears something in another room. This is kind of a lot of... you know, a, a wide shot and it's yep. all still from the end of the hallway saying this. She yeah. goes back to her desk. She sits down. She hears another noise. And this time she's just like, oh, what the fuck's happening? Which is funny as well because there's a cop sitting there. And I'm like, why wouldn't you just get him to investigate? But, of course, he gets up and walks off. Yeah, it's, so like she- break, it's a, a shift change. And that's why. That's right. So, um, so she she enters the room and she's like, there's nothing in there. Well, we don't see her enter the room. We just no. see her go in. She unlocks the door. She goes in there. The, st- the shot stays uh, static. Exactly where it is, yeah. And then we see her come out. She closes the door. She locks the door again. And she goes to turn away. And instantly, mm-hmm. as soon as she turns around, someone comes out of the door as if it wasn't even closed at all. Like, or not. Like, as in, instantly, in a big white outfit or some shit with the giant cutters straight behind her. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. And this shot was great. Because yeah. I was like, what? Did he walk through the door? No, so... Because she locked it again. It, it was wasn't a locked door. out of the door. It was out of... Because she went to turn the corner to go to her station. So there's like this whole area here. So whatever was there was just kind of like hanging out. I thought he came out the door and that was the coolness of it. 
That that, like, been, the fact that, that she locked the door cooler. and then turned around and instantly he walked out the door. That would have been cool. I'll have to rewatch the scene. I think but it no, is. I'm pretty certain it doesn't come from out of the door. But this is an absolutely famous scene. This is still on lists of like one one of the top scariest scenes of. of yeah, all this time. is the one I was talking about earlier. It's fantastic. And it's funny because when we were um, having a chat uh, with a couple of people who listened to the show, they're like, uh, so who's going to lose their shit over the. This scene, and I'm like, my money's on Dan. Yeah, it was fucking wicked. Did, did you do your re? Did you go re? Uh, no, I did rewind it a couple of times, yeah. though. And that's why I think I'm pretty sure he came out the same door, which makes it really creepy. Yeah. Because it's not even enough time. Because you can't see the door in the shot. No. So she, I think she's just acting to mm. like she's locking the door in the shot because he comes out quicker than he you could even open the door, yeah. which is amazing. Because like, there's no way you can be ready for it. Because in your mind, there is a locked door there. Yeah. And so she turns around and he comes straight out of this. Because like, the angle of the shot, you can't actually see the door. And yeah. I reckon, uh, yeah, I, I think he comes out the door. Okay. He might not and I might be wrong. That's fine. But I hope he does. Because that makes it cool in my opinion. Cool that- and creepy. Cool and creepy. Environmentally yes. friendly. <laughs> and then, of course, we cut to medics wheeling out a body bag from Dyer's room. So the body has been found in the same room. Um, they basically reiterate, she was slit down the middle, cut open, organs removed, her body was stuffed with With other materials and sewed back up. And he's like, what materials? I have rosaries. Rosary beads. Just rosary beads. Her whole body was filled with rosary beads. And I had one get many rosary beads. (laughs) That's a lot of rosary beads. Um, the nurse, of course, screams for Kinderman. Hey! And then uh, he opens the door and we see Dr. Temple is dead in his office. And that's the neurologist, man. He's OD'd. Um, he couldn't handle the pressure. He could have been killed by the monsters, like, and made it look like it. But no mm-hmm. one actually cares because he had a he had a drug problem. It's true. So he prescribing his own medication. He was addicted to. And that's why I thought earlier on when there was a photo of him, I thought he might have been in trouble and got transferred or some shit. Yeah, quite possibly. Um, and then we cut to Crazy Man, and yep. he's like, "Did you get my message?" And I would have gone at this point, "What message? I don't have an answering machine." <laughs> <laughs> But this is really cool as well because his voice is overlaid. So it sounds like that there are like two people in there talking to him. Yeah. Um, and he's basically just starts monologuing again. Um, and then he, this is where he reiterates like killing should happen. It, this is revenge. You know, Karis played a part in exercising a friend from a body of a child. So this is the plan. Use this body of the saintly priest as an instrument and you know what? He's in here with us. He's in here. He's still in this body. Yeah, the priest. Which is really cool as yeah, well. Yeah, basically his master warning him to get in the priest's body is payback for fuck, like for the first film. Yeah, so it's they, not- they kicked him out of the kid, so he thought, what would be a real good thing to fuck him over? Let's possess the the, the guy Yeah. and fuck everyone over with that. Because, you know, they're all about like getting, getting edgy, you know. Getting and back at everyone. This is fantastic as well because he's like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He, he kind of like stops and stops. And it's like, I was raving. Please forgive me. And he's just like, you know, he's like, as Kara slipped out of the body, you know, as he fell down the stairs and I had just been electrocuted. So he was on death row for his killings. He was electrocuted. So as, you know, he was slipping out of the out of his body, the master slipped me in. He's like, it took a lot of effort to get out of that coffin though. Like... You know, and then once again, he leads into this other monologue that we won't go too far into, but he's like, it took 15 years to regenerate this brain cell. So basically this guy fell down the stairs. Yeah, he was his, brain dead, His brain yeah. was jelly. So it took me 15 years to regenerate. Um, and he's just like, well, how do you get out? 
what yeah, do, you how do you do? How out? do you get out? Did Dr. Temple let you out? Who lets you out? And he's like, ah, oh, old friends. Friends. Old friends. Old know. friends. It's fine. It's none of your business. You see, the chief is pondering. He's mm-hmm. like, ah, well, clearly it's a, a demon we're dealing with, but I'm not going to like pursue any means of demonology. He just kind of like doesn't deal with it very well. Not at all. And he just keeps on coming and listening to the guy. The guy gives him clear examples of what's going on, but he's just like, well, I can't really act on it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's just Mm -hmm. like, why wouldn't you go get a priest and bring him with you? If, because if you're believing it to this point, you'd be like, well, he got exercised last time. I'll bring a priest. But no, audio overlay. The priest is there. I mean, the part, uh, what's his name? Chief is thinking. It's like, old friends, old (laughs) friends. Old friends, like you know the the repeat in his head. Yeah, and of course, as he's doing this, like this this crack of a door opens, and we see we catch a glimpse of a, a woman, and we're like, oh god. He's also looking through sheets of all the all the crazy catatonic patients. Yeah, old friends. Yeah, old friends. Well, this is really cool. Wait, wait, wait. This old is great. Friends. I love old this friends. because he's walking around and he's looking at all these people, and of course, she starts. Crawling across the fucking yeah, roof. We have, yeah, we have to set this scene. So yeah, he walks into the crazy ward, no, the, the catatonic ward. There's all these people there drooling and being old and sitting in their wheelchairs and like, you know, hear things. And you just see him looking around. And yeah, you see a shot from behind him. You just see a lady crawl. Uh, the lady that was actually we haven't mentioned her, have we? She this was, is still the radio lady. Yeah, the, you see the radio lady crawling on the roof like mm. a fly. Yep. But really, but she. What makes this effect really cool is she's in fast motion. Yes. And he's in normal motion. So you see this lady going, like crawling like a cockroach or a fly or something on the ceiling, a la very exorcisty vibes that they still try to do today. And I think this one looks great. It does look great. So you see her just crawling on the ceiling like a fly, not making any noise, and and that's it really. Yeah. Yeah, he notices some blood under the door and then he opens the door to find another dead body. And he's like, oh, another one. He's like, oh, we got another one. Bag it and tag it. It's the dead it. nurse. It's the angry nurse. Is it the angry nurse? I think so. It's not the angry nurse. Oh, no, it's a naked It's a naked body. Yeah, so it's someone else. Got to see the booby. <laughs> um, because now we cut to the nurse, the nurse, oh, Nurse yep. Ratchet, walking up the stairs with a bag into the room and we forgot to mention that we were briefly introduced to a little ginger kid who looked, no, no, no. What we see, who looked a lot like a Chucky doll. Oh, really? Yeah. At the beginning. No, well, so what we see is like the naked dead nurse. And mm. the next thing we see is the lady that was crawling on the ceiling dressed as that nurse leaving. That's who it is. No, because she walks, it's the nurse and she goes up into the room with of the little ginger kid. And yeah, but that's why the, the, the Kinderman lady- comes running in. And scares the shit out of the kid and the nurse. She fucking cuts sick at him. She's oh, like, yeah. this is toys. What's your fucking problem? Yeah, but so, like at some point though, there is a shot of like the crazy ceiling lady dressed as the nurse. Yes, you are correct. Yeah, yeah. Like, so that, that's why that nurse was naked because she's stolen her uniform. That's right. And yes. now we see, and then we see a shot of the crazy ceiling nurse, <laughs> ceiling crazy it's lady. a different woman. Or is it, it's just one of the other. It's cra- just another cat- lady. It's yeah. another one of the catatonic ladies because I think there was mention. He once again mentioned the daughter, and of course he calls home. Yeah, the chief. The chief suddenly realizes that there is a nurse, someone dressed as a nurse, going to his house mm. to f- kill his daughter, and he's like, "Gotta get on the telephone," which is fantastic as well because he calls his house, and then there's this shot of him talking like. 
his wife talking yeah. on the phone, but it's not really she's not talking to him because he's on the other end. There's the enge- do you remember the engaged sound? Yeah, like, yeah. Meh, meh. So, so yeah, it's hard to explain this. I'll try. And- but it's he's explaining to her that that don't worry. There's a nurse coming over. With We're a led to believe that he has got through to her. Yes, but it's not. It's him saying, "Hey, there's going to be a nurse coming over." And with a bag, and just keep that bag there. Yeah. And she's like, okay. And then it cuts to him, like with the engaged tones that he's trying to call at the same time. So we can go like, okay, the ghost is called her. Yes. So, so the ghost is called her. That was a cool scene. It's confusing it to explain, but yeah. It, it was. I apologize. Um, but he basically just gets uh, one of the police officers. He's like, get in the car and fucking drive. He's like, punch it. Um, and then we get this like really cool sort of cut between this very calm woman sitting in the back of a taxi. On it on her way to Kinderman's house, while Kinderman is weaving in and out of traffic, screaming at people and basically shitting his pants, <laughs> which I really liked. I liked this. Yeah, it, yeah, was, so it was cool. Yeah, the nurse gets to the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see her, you know, rocking up at the front door, and then we cut to like you know, ch- chief driving, getting out of his car, bursting into the house. And he goes in and goes, what the fuck? What he? he's got his gun out and shit. Yeah, and I like his Gu- gun it, as well. And like, yeah, the wife's like, put that away. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong. And he's like, oh, I must have been wrong. But lo and behold, he walks into the kitchen and the fucking nurse is just sitting there. She's sitting there and it's... And she's no longer possessed. No, because she's just like, please help me. No, she goes, take me home. Is it bedtime? Yeah, yeah. And, and he's like, oh, God damn it, he's left the body. So he's getting the vibes now that he knows that the... The, the crazy man can possess the idiots. Yeah. And, of course, um, as this is happening, his daughter sat down at the table. He's standing there. And then she kind of, just the, this nurse lady, she, she reaches down into the bag and she pulls out the shears. And we get Duroff's voice talking over, um, just talking something. I don't know what he's saying. She says, like, he says, he looks at the chief and... So she's been repossessed, yeah. like that comedy movie yeah. with uh, Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> um, yeah, and she says, the catatonic are so easy to possess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're like, oh, yeah, he goes, I wanted you to see this. So she was actually waiting. Yeah. He was waiting for him to come home. It's all part, part of the plan. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's when she gets the, the giant scissors out and she goes to cut off the daughter's head. Yeah. And But then the mother-in-law, the carp mother-in-law, <laughs> saves the day by grabbing the daughter, pulling her out of the way. So finally the mother-in-law comes in in handy. Uh-huh. uh-huh. The nurse um, hits the cop. Suddenly she's got super strength. Yes. She's like, like she's like all fucking powerful. A cop runs in. He She like backhands him and he like flies through the air, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing like in film. You know, the evil nurse then grabs the chief and starts strangling him going, ah, like Evil Dead styles. Yeah. I liked it. Um and then just stops. And then she suddenly no, like, yeah. Then suddenly she's she kind of like goes, <gasps> and something's happening, and she falls back yelling like, Wah! and then we cut to fucking super priest has rocked up in the entrance hall to the cell block, uh-huh. and that's what the that was the presence that pulled him out of the the yep of the uh, of the old lady. So super priest is like, and this is a hero shot. He's yeah. come in like, yeah. <laughs> He's Gokuing up. His hair's all like fucking <laughs> all is, golden. He's, he's all super saiyan. He's, yeah. he's in. He's ready to go. He's and of powered course, up. We have this this roaring is now happening. We're not just here. It's like it is kind of like lion roaring. And the demon. He opens the door, and the the demon, whoever's possessing this guy, he knows this priest from the last time. He's like. 
not you again. Yeah. So I'm like, am I led to believe that he exercised this demon previously in the Philippines? Yeah, I think I think that this demon, the one that was exercised from the first film, is the same demon that got exercised from the Philippines. Mm. He's not a good demon. He's not mm. super good at like yeah. possessing. It might be really hard. It's like maybe it's my first day. Maybe well, maybe he just did a TAFE course and not a uni course in <laughs> yeah, possessing. Yeah, that's the problem. Always. No, then again. TAFE courses are very, like, hands-on. I reckon mm-hmm. you'd do better, like, because a uni course in possessing would just be all the theory. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. like, you know... In th- the theory you, of possession, but you don't know until you actually try. Until you try on a body, it's you don't true. really know what it feels like. Yeah. It's squishy, you know, it's hard to move. Malleable. Yeah. <laughs> you get erections when oh. you don't want it. You grow hair where in strange places. Oh, that's puberty, Dan. That's oh. puberty. Yeah, sorry. There's a difference? <laughs> no. As far as I'm aware, the door slams and he proceeds to dump holy water on him and start, basically start his... He says, let's get his exes on the fucking road, motherfucker. And of course, the room is now kind of on fire and there are fucking cobras everywhere. And oh, why, yeah. No. Why is it cobra? Why? why? Are, yeah. Why isn't there cobras why? everywhere? And then there's so, just snakes. Snakes there. Why? No. Stop. No, the idea that like, so the exorcism starts. And yeah. And then suddenly the whole floor is, the floor is lava. Like that game. Yes, but the floor is snakes. Snakes and lava. No. Cobras and lava. And I'm like, I don't know, cool. No. (laughs) Cobras and lava. It's horrible. And the priest, is he's just fucking shrugging it off. He's just there reading out his his Bible. He's like, I cast you out. And then, of course, we get the really cool demonic laughing. He's unfazed. He just keeps going with his reading. At this point as well. He starts, the priest starts to sound like the emperor from Star Wars. I don't know if you noticed. No. He did. He also had big voice energy. But then fucking uh, crazy demon man uh, uses the power of gravity to to fling the uh, super priest up onto the ceiling. And explode his Bible. Explode his Bible. That's good as well. Um, now, so now the, the priest, super priest is stuck to the ceiling, but he's not just stuck to the ceiling. His skin has he's melded. He's literally to, stuck to the building. So he's like, he's ripping his face off the ceiling, which is pulling his skin off. Oh, this looks cool. Yeah, that was good. Am I, am I, oh, there's, that's right. This is a horror film. Yeah. <laughs> like that happened to this point. The chief rocks up into this. Yeah. So now the chief just suddenly rocks up into the cell block. Mm-hmm. Chief of police. He's like, what the fuck are dicks going on? Um. <laughs> So the, the priest is laying there. We assume that he is dead. Yeah, so the priest has ripped himself off the ceiling. So yeah. half his skin is still this on the ceiling. This looks si- cool. And he falls down to the ground. And I'm like, super priest, that wasn't a very good show. Yeah. And yeah, the place falls quiet and dark. And then the chief rocks up. And he rocks up and he's like, uh-oh, someone's opened the Hellraiser box in here. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. again. But yeah. Uh, the course, chief, the chief he, goes into the cell. Yep. Demons are like, don't worry about Julie. We'll get her. He finds the uh, Bible all burnt up, mm-hmm. um, and he sees like the priest, the priest like a uh, super priest kind of lurches out of the shadows, all dead and fucked up. Yep. Well, he assume he's all dead and fucked up, and he's like, "Oh God!" He, the, the chief wouldn't even know who that is. No, he's like, "There's that priest in here." He pulls out his gun and he he's just like, "Pray for me, Damien," and he goes to shoot, but of course he gets. Flung against the wall as well. And he gets... So, yeah, now now Chiefy's stuck to the wall in the crucifixion pose. And the demon's like, do you believe? And he's like, yeah, I believe in death. And I'm like, oh, that would be a really good line. Like, if you're about to, like... It's like yeah, because the demon believe- wants him just yeah. to say that he believes that he yeah. is the Gemini killer, which would, like, just of Which would, like, solidify... Something and maybe give him some more power. But yeah, yeah, then Chief is like, he does his fucking monologue here and he is like, 
I believe, I do believe, I believe in like good. He starts off to saying good things. Yeah, and then it just gets really bad. It just starts getting grimmer and grimmer. I believe in fucking the murders of children. I, I believe there are people doing this. And did you notice that the demon's just sitting there like, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, good. And he goes in the thing of everything he believes in, which is like, all the horrors that he's seen through his police career. Yeah. And basically, and then he ends it with, and I believe in you. Oh, and then some big fucking weather. It starts we to get rain. Lightning strikes uh, opening in up the, cell. the floor. Yep, in the cell. So it's raining from the cell, lightning strikes, opening up the floor. And uh, again, a legion of what I assume to be naked victims. men. <laughs> They're all victims of. Um, they. Uh, they emerge. So, yeah, the floor opens up into a hole. Yeah. And all these arms are coming out, like hell arms are coming out. And up from in the fucking hell hole, the hands pull up the rowing or crucifix. Yes. Yes. Uh, which has now has the dead, um, the, the police boys club guy on it. Yeah. And we see the ingots. But was that the statue's head at this that point? That was the statue's head, yeah. We with, see with that, that kind of yeah. imagery. That we never saw. That's what I want to mention as well. This film had no violence in it. It was all explained violence. You never saw the nurse get killed or be slit open. Yeah. You never saw the kid. You never. They only ever talked about the violence, which is what made it feel like a midday movie to me. Yeah. But until this point, where you see this crucifix going on fucking oars. Yeah. <laughs> we also see um, Damien, uh, Father Karras, on a crucifix, and it cuts. And it's like it was. It seemed like it was. This was just a hallucination. It didn't really happen. It all disappears. Um, but the priest, super priest, he he went Super Saiyan one when he should have been Super Saiyan four. He He's sh- still alive. He should have. Yeah. What's the other one called? He should have been. Um, like Rose Goku. Uh, that's God Goku. Oh, that's God the Goku. silver one. I can't remember what it's called Ultra now. Ultra Instinct. Ultra Instinct. He should have yeah, gone Ultra should've Instinct. Should have been Ultra Instinct. And he calls to Damien. Um, and yeah, he, so he's still like, he's crawling yeah. on the floor. He's got all his face his fucking face is fucked hanging up. off. He's just like, Damien. And he momentarily gains control. So Damien gains control of his body again. And Kinderman Dam- yeah. basically just fucking shoots, shoots the fucking shit out of him. And he's there just laying down and he just, he lays one in the head for some good luck. Yeah. The ch- first Boom. thing, kind of, the chief yells, Damien, fight it. And like super priest. Yeah. Then points the cross. At the crazy man, which is Damien. And then the room lights up, remember? Like a god beam comes in going, Aah! and I was like, what? What? Now, the only thing I don't like about the Exodus films is that it says that God's real. <laughs> like, I prefer just demons to be real. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and then the crazy the guy, yeah. And like Damien possesses his body back for a second. He goes, Bill, shoot now, shoot now, kill me now. And the chief basically unloads six shots into him. Yep. Um, and then the light fades away and the chief walks up to the, the now dead body. He's, he's not even dead. He's still alive a bit and goes like, and the crazy guy looks at him who is now Damien. He goes, we want Bill. I'm free now. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, the, the chief, and then the, the chief shoots Damien in the head. Yeah. One more time with these, with his imaginary bullet. Cause I'm pretty sure those guns only had six bullets yeah, in Yeah, I'd them. say so. Um, six shooter. And then we cut, hard cut, to a blood moon. Mm. So that's the end of that scene. So he basically wins by like Damien grasping back his body for a second, giving him time to shoot him and kill him, which I'm pretty sure, does that mean, does that mean the chief's going to hell because he murdered someone? Yeah. 
Oh, well. Probably. Maybe all the good he's done is, is going to weigh up because, you know, well, you all know, these religious people, you, they only if, do it. If you repent on your deathbed, I'm pretty certain you're fine. Cut to the blood moon. Mm. Cut to a brunch of priests. So now we're at the funeral of Damien Karras. Karras? Yep. yep. Who uh, died 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're giving him a re-re-funeral because they realise all the priests, they know what's going on. They're like, oh, the fucking uh, dickhead. Yeah. Cut to a bunch of priests watching the funeral of Damien Karras. The yeah, end. The end. Done. Bang. Done. Oof. Hit it. Hit it hard. Fucking great film. Fucking great film. Great Final film. thoughts, Jen. I love this film. Uh, I, I have seen this film before, but it was many, many years This is ago. not The Exorcist one. So if you go into this thinking it's going to be anything like it, yeah. you're going to be disappointed. You have to go in going, cop drama, the Zodiac killer. like Yeah, pretty much. Ending with the most ridiculous scene in the world. <laughs> Very much so. Um, so did, did, I, did Super Priest survive? No, I'm pretty certain he didn't. But there was some voice game in this fucking film. Um, everyone with their cigarette voices. Uh, Brad Dourif, even though he's not in this film for a very long time, he gave an amazing performance and I don't understand why he's not in more shit. Mm, maybe he just went, you know what? That really took it out of me. Maybe. Well, he is Chucky now. You, he's got Chucky money. He doesn't really have to do anything. Chucky money? Yeah, he's got Chucky money. And you money. don't have to act that much. It's voice acting. I mean, yeah. I know not the same voice actors aren't actors, but like, no. I reckon there's a lot of actors do voice acting now. You, you know. can rock up in trackies. That's... Have you seen the fucking cast for that He-Man t- TV show that they're doing? Yeah. But Mark Hamill's in it. Mark he's, Hamill. He's Skeletor. Fucking. Uh, because uh, of course he's going to be Skeletor. I mean, think like, uh, what's the Apple lady from Married with Children? Jennifer, no. Christina Applegate. Applegate is one of the voices. <gasps> Jason Mewes. I love her. Is one yes. of the voices. Like, there's so, it's such of a. Of course, Jason Mewes is, because this is Kevin Smith doing it. Oh, is it? Yeah. But like, there's like, there's probably a cast of like 40 people and yep. all of them are someone. <gasps> like, it's crazy. I saw the cast of it. And I, I don't know how I feel about it, but I did like about the trailer. I know we've got it's gone off topic. That's fine. I did like about the trailer that all the vehicles and monsters are just the toys. Well, they haven't up, you know, it's got that black disc thing that has the red shit spinning around it. And, yep. and like there was no reason for any of these toys, but they've just kept them all in there. I'm like, yeah, that's good. I want that's to, fine. I want to see all the toys because I didn't see a lot of the toys in the show. I just had the toy. But, yeah. you know, the horse, the robot horse, it shows its hoof coming down. It's just the most donkey. It's just a, it's just like geometric shapes like yep. the toy. And it's just like they didn't even jazz it up or robify it or anything. They're just like, cylinder horse. Why not? It's fine. Absolutely No, I like fine. it. I like that idea. I mean, I don't know. It's up or down what it's going to be. I mean, they used that song to make us all like it. Of course. And clever trailer editing. But I'm like... Before that song cut in, it was pretty face palmy, eh? Mm, I haven't watched it. Oh. Because I have no strong feelings one way or another. Of He-Man? Of He-Man, yeah. Kidding me? No, I was more of a Dino Riders girl. Well, they could rewrite that. Yeah. They anyway. should. Um, they what should. else do you think? Um, <laughs> look, so we haven't gotten into our little fun facts yet, but I understand why this film turned out the way it did, um, but I am interested to see the director's cut is there? Uh, with the original storyline. And I think they did release one. There was a whole thing about like uh, Morgan Creek who pre- like distributed it. We're like, no, we don't have the original footage. Uh, sorry, JK, we do like 20 years later. Um, oh, yeah, we just it was stuck under a. Yeah, uh, under a, a, so that we just didn't want to give a small it to you. baby calf. Exactly, <laughs> uh, not a lot of blood or gore, but I liked everything that I got out of this film. This film was so much fun, and it is probably 
it's one that now that I've been reintroduced, I'm like, yeah, this is definitely a rainy day like, yeah, you, movie. Yeah, you have to sit down and just know you're going to watch a, re- a, a really good example of uh, well-made craft mm. of like acting, cut, cutting scenes together, intricate like uh, plot but simplified down so you can understand it, good acting. There's a lot of old men. There are no young yeah. people in this thing apart from the 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 poor bloody police boys club kid. Yeah. Who gets it. And he's quite young as well. And yeah, he gets, he's like, like 12. He gets his head chopped off and yeah. ingots put in him. Mm. No one wants an ingot in their eye. Hurts. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I, like I really, really enjoyed this and I hope that you also enjoyed this, Dan. Yeah, I was weirdly like, enjoyed it. Yeah. I did think it was a bit strange that, like, the main character gets killed off halfway through and the chief becomes the main character then. Mm. So the main character in the in the first half was, like, the preacher man, dead and... What's his name? Dyer. Dyer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. He He's, like, the, the main character. And then it really threw me. They're like, oh, he died. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, it, it was set in the 90s, but it really felt like an early 80s film. Yeah. It's really weird because, because hospitals are used for so long like the buildings and they don't update them a lot. Like, and a lot of this was set in the hospital. It seems like it's like an early eighties looking film. So it's quite throw offy, like yeah. being in the nineties, but it's not like, yes. yeah, it seems like a period piece made in the nineties, but it's not it's supposed to be set in the nineties because it starts with 1990. Yeah. Well, this is very much like TV movie kind of vibe to it. So like mm. it had the same sort of vibe to it that the original uh, Tim Curry, it had. Yeah. Yeah. Like Let the Blood Run Free. Do you remember yeah, that? I vaguely remember that. That comedy show in the hospital. <laughs> um, so a little fun fact about this film. Um, this film was made uh, based on William Peter Blatty's uh, novel Legion, which was published in 1983. So Morgan Creek decided to call it um, uh, The Exorcist Three Legion even though the screenplay and novel featured absolutely no exorcism whatsoever. Um, So after principal photography was completed, uh, the misleading nature of the title was noticed. So it's like, okay, there's nothing to do with the exorcist in this film. Um, And the producers determined that additional scenes needed to be written and added into the film in order to make it more recognisable. Is that Super Saiyan Preacher got popped in there? Well, the whole demon thing. The whole demon thing. Um, oh. the whole exorcism thing. So it needed to be more recognizable um, as a sequel to The Exorcist. Um, the last third of the movie, so basically the whole thing had to be entirely redone with the insertion of new character, Super Saiyan Ultra Instinct Priest. Mm-hmm. Um, and the exorcism scene, it ended up costing them nearly $4 million. All that shit. So, yeah, for the rewrites. Um, that was... A lot of the, yeah, that's yeah. a lot of so the. So it was going to be a completely different film with a completely different ending. So it wouldn't necessarily have been a horror film, possibly more of a thriller. So they did do that cut though. They have yes. created that. There is, I believe, I'm not 100% sure if it is out now. Um, we definitely don't have it here in Australia. That would be something you'd probably have to go through Shout Factory for. Or YouTube. Um, or YouTube. But yeah, so that's that's a very interesting little fact about this film going into it, which is good to know sort of beforehand, but yeah. Um, and this is also noted, notably Jeffrey Dahmer's favourite movie. Oh, really? Yeah. I think he rattles off about it in court while he was really? on trial at some point as well. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Oh, Jeff. Jeff oh, Dano. What'd you give it? Um, so I gave this a C. I, I do think it's a classic that everyone should watch. Yep. But this is also a little bit fun and dumb. 
I don't reckon no, I, there was nothing fun about it until it, like no, it was because the banter and the way that he chews the scenery is just this is fun. Yeah, it's you're fun. right. It was a it's a classic worth a watch. That's mm. what I, I'm giving it. I'm yeah. giving it that. So yeah, it's worth a watch. You should go, guys, have a look at it if you're having a. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Dan, what are we watching next week? We are going to watch Demons 2. Demons 2, which is a, uh, uh, what's his name? I can never Dario Argento. Dario Argento yeah. film. So we watched Demons, I watched Demons 1. Did you watch it? Yes, we watched it. Yeah, it fucking heaps funny. Do you remember there was like that dude on the motorbike yeah. going around a hair metal, like yes. chopping people up with a samurai sword? I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? I didn't like it as much as you did. Oh, no. But it was still enjoyable. So I am looking forward to seeing the second one because I don't think I've actually seen it. Yeah, I don't know if I've seen it because, like, all the bits I thought were in Demons 2 were in the first film. (laughs) Like the helicopter bit that falls through the roof. I thought that was Demons 2. But you never know. There may be another helicopter in this one. Who knows? I love it. We all know that helicopters are the best weapons against demons. (laughs) So we're going from, like, exorcisms to demons. It's the same vibe. I love it. And, yeah, as I said before, we are going to try out a new fortnightly change-up. Mm. Are we going to do that? I'm announcing it now. Let's we have do to. it. So every second week we're going to do more of a horror kind of, like, um, like talk talk back vibe so we won't be watching a film we'll be like talking about some horror video games we'll just be shooting the shit yeah we might be getting to some creepy pastas mm. we'll just be talking about horror stuff and just stuff that we love we're just trying it out as an as a new thing yeah um, we are quite busy people yeah so the film the reason we're doing this is because a lot of us are very busy and we don't actually it takes a long time to write these notes about the film so we're just going trying to do every second week we're going to going to try something different so we're going to look into a video game or something like that. We're probably going to uh, play a lot of uh, like beta games. I yeah. think you know, like you know, like there's a lot of like real cool short horror beta games on PC and stuff like that that we're mm-hmm. just going to look into and have a bit of fun with. Because there's some great ideas out there, funny ideas. Because uh, the big games like Resident Evil Seven, everyone knows about that. But let's yeah. look into some of those little treasures that you yeah. can. Also, like, hey, I listen to a lot of stuff. I read stuff. Not as much as I should, but I do read stuff. Yes. So it'd be good to give you a shout out as to what we're oh, yeah. reading or listening to. Horror comics. There's yes, some fucking there's crackers at the moment. Department comics. of Truth, Gideon Falls, mm-hmm. all these beautiful. We'll try and, yeah, we'll throw in some horror comic, maybe some horror reads and stuff and like that. And it'll make me have to read something instead of looking at my pile and going, I don't have time for this. Yeah. So. But, you know, it might not work and we might just stop it. But this is our podcast, so go fuck yourself. <laughs> we do what we want. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, guys, thank you so much. You have been listening to Terrorvision Horror Podcast with Dan and Jennifer. We are unscripted and unedited, and we are available on all major podcasting services and also on the YouTubes. But no matter where you choose to consume us, please make sure you hit the like button, subscribe, leave a comment and a review, and make sure you share with all your friends. You can interact with us on both Facebook and Instagram at Terrorvision Pod. It'll keep you up to date with upcoming episodes, trivia, and, of course, memes that are 100% three years old by now. And if you want to get in contact with us in any other way, we have an email, terrorvisionpod at gmail.com. And remember, until next week, may all your dreams be nightmares. Uh...